Yes, it's always great when you get to host with me on a Thursday because you are right here for your community segment, and then you just get to transition from host to interviewee. So we're glad to have you here to talk Loaded and Rolling today. <laughs> and I mentioned predatory towing in headlines today. John Kingston just put up this really interesting article. That's what we're going to talk about today. I didn't even know that this was a thing where towing companies can charge drivers just exorbitant amounts after an accident. It really gets fun because also it feels like I've been here before, but you know. Um, so uh, here I am hanging out in my inbox and I didn't even know we wrote a piece on it. I'd send it out. ATRI releases their data. This is like 50, 60 pages, but so I'm skimming it. And this is that's what blows my mind. I know that when accidents occur, you have to pay for uh, a truck to tow. Right. Uh, you know, it can be between $600, $12, $18, dollars $2,400. But what was fascinating was that this report goes into the, 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 the weeds and that the uh, fees, it gets so crazy. Here's one example. Uh, you have two types of tows, a wrecker, and you have one with a big arm. And what will happen is if they don't have the wrecker, uh, they'll they'll bring the one with the big arm and charge you the cost of the wrecker. And there's a there's a huge issue where these these trucking companies uh, they feel like they're getting taken advantage of, and the 30% of invoices with a predatory fee is amazing because it's so localized. Uh, if you're calling a provider, you may not always know who you're getting, and if they don't, you know, if you don't pay, they're going to impound your vehicle. Mm -hmm. So for those who don't know, Chattanooga right here is the I guess the birthplace of the tow truck. You know, the tow truck <laughs> museum is like right down Broad Street here. So we have a pretty big towing empire. Of course, it's Freight Alley. We see a lot of truck accidents. We have several companies, I'm not going to name names, who have full and built a family fortune off yeah. of towing. It's a very lucrative business. And of course, as always, there's good actors and there's bad actors in it. Indiana was found to be the state with the most amount of bad actors, right? The most instances of predatory towing. Any regional correlations or just the fact that that's just how the data that's how the cookie crumbled. It's probably where you put your, you work in Chicago, so you're out of like Gary or something, you're right mm -hmm. there on the side, you put your business there, then you go into Chicago, so you avoid the taxes. I'm betting that that's gotta be something silly like that. But that that's one of the big things. It's it's one thing to tow a car. Right. There's a lot of car tow trucks, but when you have 80,000 pounds, you gotta pull a tractor or a trailer, you need special equipment. Right. And uh, there's some really good figures. So check it out on the ATRI site. You'll probably have to give your information and download it. But uh, the location in counties where the most towing companies are is a mismatch between right. the most recorded incidents, uh, instances of, um, here we go, establishments by county is our first one. And you, you can, can see it centered in the Southwest, the LA area there. Yeah, these are county-wide heat maps. We should have a figure number two, which is another map of it, and it shows where the accidents occur. I think here we go. Look at this. Yeah. Notice uh, we got parts of I-80. We've got parts where the Rocky Mountains cutting through. But this is another problem because when you go down, the person who is going to come and get you, they know they can charge this because you're 200 miles away. You're in the middle of like Moab or something, mm -hmm. and they can take advantage of it. This opens up a can of worms. So with that, those two figures are really, really fascinating, right? Because as you mentioned, you have those the density of your towing company is centered in the Southwest, but the density of accidents is really terrain-based. You can see that's kind of, pull up that figure again, guys, in the back there. You can see that you have those accidents, as you mentioned, kind of I-80, that's like Northern, Southern Wyoming, Northern Colorado, Southern Wyoming. And then you've got that I-40 corridor through Western New Mexico into Eastern Arizona. That's really also very weather dependent in those areas. So you see a lot of those truck crashes that are oftentimes inaccessible. Those portions of I-40 moving through Western New Mexico into Eastern Arizona they turn into the mountains, it's a very difficult tow to get to, right? Do you think that there's any correlation here, <clears throat> excuse me, between rural areas versus more urbanized areas and the amount that people charge to tow? Like here in Tennessee, right, it's very urban. Where we crash on the ridge cut here, the towing center is 
at the bottom of the bridge cut. So it's like you're less than half a mile from where you need to go pick up your toes mostly. Oh yeah, cost and location are two big factors because if you're in the middle of a rural location, there may be one tow company within a 200 mile radius. Now in your urban location, maybe three to five, like that's a situation where for providers, uh, they, they can really take advantage of that. And I think we have one more chart. I think it talks about cost. If we don't, I'll have to post it up. Here we go, throw the cost up. You can see the mismatch. And this is a bar chart that talks about the average cost of towing here. I'm gonna go run over here real quick and look at it. Uh, you can go anywhere between four to 600, but looking at the very top of the tail, it can get upwards into the thousands of dollars. Right. And that's one of the biggest concerns for folks is because um, even if you pay this, try invoicing it. So every state has their own towing regulations as well. So if you're a nationwide truckload carrier or even centered somewhere, you have to think about, uh, if I, do I need to get towed and pull a tow from another state? An old joke at US Express, they'd pull one from Tennessee and because the rate apparently was such a good deal, we'd send a Tennessee tow truck to places hundreds of miles away and pull them back to Tennessee because I guess they had a, a uh, contract with them right. for a favorable deal versus a local tower in some of these areas. So that brings up a really good point. You mentioned US Express, which of course is a massive fleet, had thousands of trucks, right? But what about the differences and the discrepancies for your smaller fleets, your one to two to five trucks? Do you think that there might be even more of a predatory aspect if, if a tow company knows that they're working with a carrier that's got a smaller group? They know not only will they possibly not have the money to fight a legal battle over predatory towing rates, but then they can also almost take advantage of the smaller guy. Yes, completely. Uh, small fleet, when one of my trucks went down when I had five, it's me Googling it and I have to call a wrecker and I have to call the tow and I don't have roadside help. Mm -hmm. uh, now, sometimes your your provider like Pack Lease, Pack R, uh, sometimes your uh, leasee will help you with that and they'll provide that, but typically not. But you're a US Express, a Schneider, Warner, Swift. You have hundreds of employees at a dedicated breakdown department who have call takers, they have people who are the agents dealing with it, they have invoice people calling, they have people checking on them. So they have that nationwide network. They have to build it themselves. Large mm -hmm. fleets have to. So it's completely different because if I'm a tow truck company, I know I can gouge the big ones, I can probably get a few extra, but the small ones, uh, you know, they don't have the resources. If they decide to not pay, I'm just gonna impound your truck. You'll have to pay me eventually. And they typically can't afford to have that truck sit. They can't afford to the legal fees. If it's a $2,400 thing, it'll cost 10 grand to sue me. Mm -hmm. So th there's really something that uh, we don't always think about things that cause fleets headaches, but it's an eventuality when the truck goes down and the bill that comes afterwards is just an added issue with all the other pressures we're dealing with. So the final question for you, of course, you mentioned kind of the mismatch of both state and local and municipal regulations on this. Is it a big enough issue to warrant a federal look at some of the towing regulations or is it best left up to the states? Good question here on that. That depends on if you got a good lobbying firm. Right now, there's not <laughs> enough lobbyists to actually effectively do it, but I can imagine, unless there's a tow truck lobby hiding around somewhere. Um, you know, the biggest thing I would start with is before we do legislation, let's work on integration for the accounting mm -hmm. pro uh, procedures. It turns out that even invoicing and billing is a huge issue uh, that they're dealing with. So, I mean, if there's anything that the government would touch and if that I'd recommend for legislation would be a unified, kind of like a bill of lading. We have a unified straight form bill of lading that's a legal document. Why, you know, some way that we can unify the invoicing process. That's the first step because if we are all on the same page and all that data is aggregated, now we can then make a database and say, why is it that this one guy is $4,800 when all the other invoices are like 
$1,200. Like something's going on here. I think that's the first step, visibility and making sure people can get paid. And once we have that data, then I, you know, I'll start my towing company lobbying firm and we'll, we'll try to change the world. We'll see you on the steps of Capitol Hill <laughs> one day. Thomas, thank you for that. And of course, Loaded and Rolling, the newsletter drops when? 2 p.m. today. And we do at Tuesdays at 1 p.m. We have the live show as well. Some really good stuff talking about cargo security earlier. Good stuff next week as well. A lot of great things. We have some F3 uh, episodes as well. Check it out. YouTube, Spotify, Apple. There you go. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Freight Waves now in just a few minutes. <laughs> 